Welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the Moses. And we are back today with a nooner part two, part two, Sonia, part two, because we were live with the nooner yesterday to go over all of the stuff, and then we lost power. So we have this winter storm that came through and dropped about two to three inches of snow on us in Cowtown. Cowtown's electricity and their setup here is very old. And so anytime the wind blows wrong, or anytime we get more than an inch of snow and a little bit of ice, we'll lose electricity. We were doing good all day yesterday morning. So I thought we're going to make it and no shit. We were live 20 minutes and everything went out. And then we sat without power for a couple hours. Then we came back for a little bit. Then it went out again. And so we ended up having to cancel last night's live too. We rescheduled that for tonight. And that is going to be with a new guest. And so make sure you check that out. That's going to be at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. But we have power back and about three inches of snow. It's beautiful. It is really pretty to look at. I like winter. I'm kind of here for it. It's very cozy in our home. We got Christmas stuff up. Um, so I'm, I'm here. For, I'm okay with it. It just sucks that the electricity was is usually hit or miss. Tiger, you guys, welcome to the live. Tiger, it's good to see you. Mama's Robbins and Alex, you were one of the first one in here. Raysa, hello. Sonia Brown, we got her backstage. Melinda, Marin, welcome to the live. And Casey Daya, you guys, welcome to the live. Kim, welcome to the live. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. You guys on TikTok, we're live on YouTube. The icon's in my bio if you want to join the whole show. I've got videos. I've got a presentation. If you want to stay here on TikTok, that's perfectly cool too. I'm just going to talk. You just won't be able to see the stuff. Um, Lacey Leroy and Jessica Schmidt, you guys, Kelly, welcome to the live. You guys, welcome to live and a very happy Wednesday to all of you. I hope you're having the best day and it's nice and warm where you are. I am going to continue what we started talking about yesterday. So if you haven't caught the first part of this nooner, Go to the live that's right before this, and you can watch it. It's about 20 minutes. The last five minutes being of nothing but a blank screen as we tried to get our, our internet back up and running. Um, so it's about 15 minutes to kind of catch up. We went through Biden's Black Friday shopping. We went through the, the photo that's circ circulating around online, which we're going to touch back on again today because it kind of ties in with some stuff that we found last night. I had a lot of information to go over yesterday, so we're going to go over that, plus some new information that came up today, including the car fires. So with that, we're going to start it right there. So in Nantucket, a Nantucket fire destroys multiple cars used by the Secret Service for the Biden visit. For those of you who don't know, Joe Biden went to Nantucket over the Thanksgiving weekend where they have historically done, I guess, every Thanksgiving forever. And they celebrated Thanksgiving with their family. Um, they shopped. They had lunch. This is where, like, the photo of him walking back on Saturday with the two little girls. I don't have it anymore, but it's kind of the creepy self, the selfie bomb. Uh, that's where that one kind of stemmed from was that very same visit. But as they brought the cars back, the rented cars, the cars that they rented from Hertz, from Hertz, Hertz, a, a place where I rent my cars. Okay, normal, common people rent their cars from Hertz. The Secret Service also rented their cars from Hertz. They drove them all weekend, apparently had no issues. And then after they had dropped them off, they caught fire. And here's a video of the aftermath. Now, it's very interesting, again, because it's a hurts. And since I have, I have so many questions, okay? 
I have so many questions. Since when does the president of the United States and his entourage rent cars from a Hertz to drive around? I thought that there was like an entire fleet of armed cars. I've seen enough of these movies of armed cars that they could use. I don't understand why they went through Hertz and just rented normal cars. Uh, multiple vehicles that were rented by the Secret Service used during the President Joe Biden's visit during a Nantucket caught fire on Monday. The incident took place at the Nantucket airport just before Friday, Friday, sorry, just before 5.30, not Friday, 5.30 a.m. on Monday, staff noticed the fire consuming several vehicles in the airport's rental terminal. Um, Nantucket Airport said in a release, the airport was briefly closed, but first responders controlled the flames and it was soon reopened. There were no injuries, the Nantucket Current reported, but the blaze destroyed five cars and came within 40 feet of the tanks that contained the jet fuel for the airplanes. Okay, so we're just going to put that back up here. The vehicles were just a few of the many rented by the Secret Service when Biden came to the island to celebrate Thanksgiving with his family. The cars were owned by Hertz and were returned to the company less than a day before the fire. Nantucket Fire Chief Michael Cranson told The Current, following an investigation, officials determined that the fire was not suspicious. Not suspicious at all. Okay? Not suspicious. Don't, don't look here. Yes, they were all different makes and models. We're going to touch on that too, Alex. Security footage of the fire posted by The Current showed significant amount of smoke and flames billowing through the pre-dawn air. A Chevy Suburban, a Ford Explorer, an Infiniti X80, a Ford Expedition, and a Jeep Gladiator were all badly damaged. We have the security footage right here. This one's got no sound, so they just got to watch. Now, what's interesting about the security footage, and I'm going to, Jeeps don't catch fire. I know. How very Paul Pelosi of them. Where's that guy either, too? For those of you on TikTok who can't hear, where's that? The guy that reported on the Paul Pelosi, the very first reporter on, on there that reported kind of the story that fit more probably what actually happened versus what their the narrative is. He was suspended from NBC, and then nobody's seen him since. I think he's on Instagram, though, but he's not posting anything on behalf of NBC. It's strange. The guy's strange. This has no sound. And so I'm sitting here quietly and it bothers me. Sonny, can you hear me? She's, oh, can you? <laughs> can anybody, can everybody hear me? Everybody can hear me? That's awesome. Normally it mutes when I hit the videos. So now you know the Paul Pelosi, we're, we weren't going to talk about that. But if you were on TikTok, you were privy to know this information. Look at all that fire. Look at it. It's just burning, burning, burning. Now, what's interesting about this is, again, the video starts, at least the video that they put out, starts after the fire already started. So you can't see what the fire is or where it started or how it started. I had no idea that you guys could hear me because I can't see the comments right now because I got the videos up. But that's okay. You can't, so you don't know, like you can't, did it just burst spontaneously, bust into flames? Like what happened? That doesn't happen. I'm not a car person. I can change my own oil and I can change my own tire and whatever. Um, Mrs. Blue Whiplash says it was high heat incendiary device. Only way to melt the engine block that fast. A high heat. Is it incendiary? Sonia's nodding at me. Did I say that right? Sometimes I have these blonde moments. I don't know why I do what I do, but I do. Um, so a lot of people. So here's what I did. So I put this on TikTok, which I was going to get away from TikTok. I've been gone for a week, but I decided to throw this up on TikTok. And a lot of people were having lots of different opinions. But one of the consistent opinions that I got was something called a do. And the do. So then we spent some time looking that up. I don't have a slide for it. Uh, but do is directed energy weapon. A directed energy weapon is a ranged weapon that damages its target with highly focused energy without a solid projectile, including lasers, microwaves, particle beams, and sound beams. Political applications of this technology include weapons that target personnel, missiles, vehicles. 
okay? And optical devices. In the United States, the Pentagon, DARPA, and the Air Force Research Laboratory, United States Army Armament Research Development and Engineer Center, and the Naval Research Laboratory are researching directed energy weapons to counter ballistic missiles, hypersonic cruise missiles, and hypersonic glide vehicles. These systems of missile defense are expected to come online no sooner than mid to late 2020. So this was a little while ago. So they already have it. And they're pew-pewing the president's car. Listen. Listen, I have so many questions. One, why can't we see when the fire started? Okay, why don't we get that security footage? I should ask. A lot of people asked. They never responded. It's okay. Number two, well, again, when does our does the president of the United States, the Secret Service, and their entourage ever rent cars from Hertz? Okay, what kind of security is that? And this kind of ties back into what we were talking about yesterday. And it goes back to the selfie, right? So there was the weird, creepy selfie of of Joe Biden in the window testing them on the president. Who is, though? Iran or Iran, probably. I'm not going to say. I don't know. That's an accusation. That's speculation. So Joe Biden's peeking in the window and he's got these little girls and they're like, Joe Biden, they're so excited because it's the president and he's walking down the streets in Nantucket. And somebody took a picture, they took a selfie and the selfie blew up on social media. And it is creepy, depending on what you know, depending on how you feel about Joe Biden, it can be either very endearing um, if you haven't been down any of the rabbit holes or it's very creepy if you have. I went with the creepy because it is creepy. But how does Joe Biden walk down the main street of Nantucket with very limited what looked like limited secret service around one, two, just people riding around on their bikes, very Mayberry, right. Walking around just random people, random citizens, but you know, then is able to walk up to some stranger's house to say hello to the girls. Again, it's very nice looking, I suppose. But I, I can distinctly remember when president Obama would come to town after he was president and campaigning again. And then after he was, or when he campaigned and then after he became president and then came to town and campaigned again, that they had to shut like a five mile radius around the airport down and we couldn't leave. I worked out in there, our airport at the time. We couldn't leave for lunch. We had, we had a heads up beforehand uh, to bring our own lunches because during this time frame when Obama was going to be landing in the plane in air force one, we couldn't leave. They wouldn't let anybody in or out of the area. They wouldn't let any of the businesses you had to stay where you were until a predetermined amount of time and enough time had passed that everybody could get through. And then they had to lock it down again when they were coming back. And this was, this was Obama. Okay. You couldn't like, we, we could look out the windows, but there was their secret service everywhere. Trump had the very same thing when they came and campaigned here in the cow town that I used to live in. Very same thing. And he's not even the president. Okay. But they had to shut everything down. They had to guard everything off around the arena. But how, so how does Joe Biden, I, I have serious concerns over the lack of security that the Biden administration has. And not because I think he's a great president and I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want anything bad to happen. But not because I don't think he's a great president, you know, not because of that, but because he's the leader of the free world. How does something like that happen? It doesn't. How do they go and rent cars from Hertz? They don't. The whole thing is very strange. We talked, and everybody's talking about do, but I don't know why they would do that or who would intentionally set the cars on fire. Um, some more to come maybe because nobody else is really talking about it. It's kind of old news. And that was the third thing that I had a question about. Like, why is nobody talking about this? This almost feels like it could potentially be some kind of assassination failed. Why has nobody said that out loud? Like, why is not more people concerned about this? I'm concerned about this. And I don't even like Joe Biden. It's very, very strange. Um, the day or so, and what's interesting about this too. So then the, the fire department, they came and put it out. Okay. They were like, yep, we got it. We're going to put it out. But while the Bidens were in Nantucket, so the day before the fire department had to come out and put out the fires that the Biden family was using and the rentals, the Biden family went and got a bunch of pumpkin pies and delivered them to the very same fire department. And here is that video.
So he comes on here and he lectures everybody about Ukraine, red flag laws. And what was the other one? Um, it was Ukraine, red flag laws, and what he plans to do during his lame duck presidency. Now they said it out loud. So they had asked Joe Biden, are you going to be able to get anything done and ban assault weapons uh, during a lame duck presidency? A lame duck presidency. And he's like, well, we're sure going to try. And that's fine, I guess. But that was, so that was like the two days before <laughs> their cars caught on fire. And the irony in it is just, I don't know. I'm not a big coincidences person. And so I just felt like that was strange, especially since it's like, I don't know of a lot of presidents that deliver pies to the fire department. Maybe they do. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's a thing that I just don't know about. The lame duck presidency is something I want to touch on for sure too. And so now the reason for a lame duck presidency is because the Republicans took back the house. Let me put this up here. The Republicans took back the house during midterms and effectively will take power in January, rendering anything but Biden could potentially want to do as dead before arrival. GOP pick who is there. They're picking him for, for uh, speaker of the house to replace Nancy Pelosi. Um, hold on one second, is really struggling to find the votes to do so. In this game of chicken, if the conservatives don't blink and McCarthy refuses to back down, it could result in a chaotic floor fight with the House members taking multiple votes for Speaker, something that has not happened in a century. Now, I did not know that. I did not know that it had been that long before there was such a debate about who the Speaker of the House was. Um, I think the last time that they said it happened was in 1923 and I had it in here and I wrote it down and my notes are upstairs. I want to say it was 1923 or 1932, something like that. Um, but they're going to be, so basically M Kevin McCarthy has an uphill battle in regards to uh, what he, what he's able to do as far as speaker of the house. He's got a lot of support. Let me put this back up here. So he's got, he might be favored of the swamp GOP, but he's not amongst his peers, partially because of the fallout of FTX. He was exposed to using FTX funding to sway the GOP primaries and take out mega favorite Madison Cawthorn. Now, Madison Cawthorn, you guys might remember, scroll down, um, is a 26-year-old Republican representative from North Carolina. And back in March of 2022, he came out with a bombshell accusation that his fellow lawmakers have invited him to take part in orgies in Washington and snorted lines of cocaine right in front of him. We have that video right here. Look at all these people. A lot of them that I, I you know, I've looked up to through my life. I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know... It, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. And then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. There's so much you could say about that. I 
Now, it's interesting with Madison Cawthorn, as I remember when this happened, and I always thought it was kind of weird, not because of what he said he was weird, because we were pretty balls deep in some rabbit holes then, too, but because he actually said it. Madison Cawthorn is not a stupid person, and he had to have known, is Cawthorn still in his seat? He is not. So he was not elected back in, and it's because... Well, and we'll get into that. It's because McCarthy came out and basically launched this whole campaign against him using money through FTX from FTX. But Madison Cawthorn, he came out and said this. And like I said, he's not a stupid person. And so for him to come out and say something like this and not know that it could potentially have some pretty negative, um, negative backlash and ruin his career is crazy because it led me to believe that he's not he's not making this up. He's not lying about this. I, or at least I don't think he is. I don't know why you would come out and make something like that up and ruin a career that you had dreamed about your entire life. And if you you know the story of Madison Cawthorn, this is something he had wanted to do pretty much his whole life. Now, after that video had launched, after that podcast had gone out, GOP responded very quickly and angrily with one of Representative Dan Crenshaw of Texas saying, it does paint a picture here that isn't accurate. Name names. Let's see who he hangs out with. That was Dan Crenshaw. The backlash was so severe that House leader, House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy at the time in March came out and told a conference that he plans to speak with Cawthorn about his allegations. And then he comes out and he basically blackballs Cawthorn from being reelected and just kills the kid's entire dream. Mattis Cawthorn's the one in the wheelchair. Um, he's a big mega one. He was, he was very big in a mega. He talked a lot about election finagling. <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. Um, and was a big, big Trump supporter and, and the whole thing. And they just completely blacklisted him out because of the comments that he made. And I don't know that the comments that he made, I don't feel like they're false because I don't think you come out and say something like that and destroy your whole career without them having some kind of merit. Um, but that's kind of where McCarthy now McCarthy doesn't have enough votes. And a lot of people feel certain ways about McCarthy and McCarthy has come out and he's been saying all the right things. Okay. He's been talking about Biden investigations. He's basically been feeding in everything that the Republicans, specifically the mega base wants to hear because we want accountability. We want people held accountable. We want the laptop to be front and center. We want to know what's on it. We want people to be held accountable. And one of those people too, he had gone back to say what that is going to be held accountable starting in January was Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I'm going to put this back up and switch this back over at stream. There it is. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Okay. Uh, hold on one second. I got to find my place again. So Dr. Anthony Fauci, the day before Thanksgiving, had a deposition and was asked about his response to the COVID-19 by some representatives of some different states. Um, Hold on one second. Let me get down there. Now, the deposition itself has been sealed, but because Elon Musk now owns Twitter, most everyone who attended the deposition tweeted about it and everything that went down. The two Republican attorney generals who filed the original suit in federal court are Eric Schmidt out of Missouri, who is now the U.S. senator-elect, and Jeff Landry out of Louisiana. Landry went on to tweet, that, wow, it was amazing to spend seven hours with Dr. Fauci, the man who single-handedly wrecked the U.S. economy based on the science, only to discover that he couldn't recall a thing, practically anything, dealing with his COVID response. And this is kind of the part that was picked up by some mainstream media outlets. I think Fox News obviously covered it and Newsmax. They picked up that Dr. Fauci, when he was questioned about it, the, the only thing that he would state was that he did not recall. I don't recall that. I don't, and if you guys remember, this was something that he had done quite often, specifically in the beginning of COVID, whenever Trump would ask him questions, whenever the press would ask him questions while he was standing up on the podium. That was one of his famous lines is, I don't recall doing that. I don't recall saying that. Um, following that tweet up is this is what happens when Elon Musk frees Twitter. And we're going to talk a little bit about Elon Musk today, too, because there's some stuff going down there and the Twitter stuff is just getting weird. Um on the next page, we've got Eric Schmidt, who is the other one. Now, Eric Schmidt also had a couple takeaways from this. And one of those takeaways was that Fauci knew the lab leak theory had merit, but it had come back to him and he had sought to immediately discredit it. So much for the science, only real science during the panic of 2020 and 2021 was political science to get rid of Trump. 
Schmidt went on to say that Fauci also reiterated what he made clear by his crackpot dictates, dictates, dictates. The rest of us don't have the ability to determine what's best for ourselves. And that obviously is sarcasm. In February of 2020, he emailed a friend advising her that masks weren't effective. I remember this. I put it on TikTok. It got taken down like a bajillion times, but it was confirmed again on March 31st. On April 3rd, he's adamant masks should be worn, even though he couldn't cite a single study to prove it. Mandates followed. Lives were ruined. COVID tyranny is born. Another lawyer at the proceeding tweeted that when Fauci was pressed on why he couldn't cite any studies about masks that he had followed, he had answered that he was too busy saving lives to be bothered with trivialities. With trivialities. He's so smug. I want to punch him in the dick. Oh, God. Okay. Sorry. Moving on. He can't be bothered with trivialities. In another tweet, um, when the court reporter, there's the stenographer, I don't know how to say that word, the stenographer, anyway, the court reporter, so she sits there and she's taking the notes and she's doing the thing, she sneezed, she just sneezed, and Dr. Fauci then whipped around and demanded that she immediately put on a mask. Now, this was the deposition that they were in. This was all, like, I would have died to have been a fly in that courtroom. He whips around with his little face and his beagle killing hands and he yells at her to put on a mask. As A.G. Smith tweeted in his description of the mask moment, this is the mentality of November 2022 of the guy who locked our country down and ruined countless lives and livelihoods. Dr. Fauci had also in the same week announced his retirement. So he had the deposition. Let me shut this down. He had the deposition. And then a few days before all of this, he had announced that he was retiring. He is leaving the politics, which thank God, because the Fauci fandom was so outrageously not based in science that I, I, he, and then the Beagles thing, and then there's the babies and the AIDS thing. But I put together some, some final words because Dr. Fauci obviously was interviewed a whole lot this week uh, because he's retiring. So I put together a video of a lot of his final words and a lot of the final questions that people ask, and we're going to watch that right now. It is a little bit longer, so hang with me. My message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family. As immune compromised, first of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with COVID, whether or not you wear a mask or another thing we shouldn't underestimate is testing. So when we're gathering at a family gathering for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for any other holiday as we get into the winter, it makes sense that you might want to get a test that day before you come into a place in which you might be infected and spread it or other people who might be there in order to protect. So there's masking is important, but you can count masking, vaccine, boosting, testing. All of that is part of the spectrum of protecting yourself. If you yell, and also you're taking time off the clock, because Dr. Fauci has to leave in a couple of minutes. I I'm done. I'm not going. I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Go ahead, Jeremy. Thank you. Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only, only third grade. Not being there. Not being there. Not being there. You ask your question. You should allow her to ask me. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. It's Jeremy. It is not. It is not your turn. It is not your turn. You the room. She has a valid question. She's asking about the origin of COVID. I hear the question. Dr. Fauci is the best person I, to answer. I hear your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. This is the disrespect. Is it it is. Poly, I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. I'm done with you right now. Vice President Mike Pence, who you work quite closely with during the start of this COVID pandemic, sort of how you became so vilified on the right. Here was his answer to me. But the problem was, I believe, that Dr. Fauci ultimately aligned himself with many Democrat governors who took what were temporary policies and made them long-term policies in their state. And the American people love freedom. What's your response? 
Well, I have I respect the former vice president. We got along very well in, in the White House. But I disagree with him. I don't align myself with anybody, Chuck. I'm a physician. I'm a scientist. I'm a public health person. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. I go by the public health principles. Those are the recommendations that I made then during the Trump administration and the recommendations I make now during the Biden administration based on good public health principles. So I'd have to respectfully disagree with the former vice president. We'll put the lie to the individuals of the NIH, particularly Gallo and Fauci and Hazeltine and Essex and the rest of these scoundrels of the worst order. Criminals guilty of genocide, without a doubt. I invite them to take me to court. I wish Burroughs Welcome would take me to court because they have been putting out a killer drug knowingly. Because in a court of law, I would have the opportunity to, pro to provide the absolute proof and evidence as I have in my book, Deadly Deception. Now, I'm not alone in what I'm doing here today. How does the press escape such obvious truths? Why would the finest virologist in the world, the most noted virologist, member of our National Academy of Sciences, Peter Duesberg, why would he put his entire career on the line? What did he have to gain? He's already lost his laboratory and his funding. He can't take away his professorship because he's tenured. Oh, how'd that last video get in there? My bad. This has been going on since the 80s. Dr. Fauci has been a trash human being since the 80s. Um, during the AIDS pandemic and the Beagles, that was the 90s. He's just been, he's like Dr. Kevorkian and Jekyll Hyde or whatever that movie is. He's a terrible person, but he's retiring. And so hopefully we'll no longer have to see him. Hopefully there's some accountability for him. It sounds like some people are trying. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of promise that there will be, but it also sounds like a lot of political theater. And at the end of the day, Dr. Fauci will still be sitting in his multi-million dollar home while we pay $9 for milk, probably. Not to be deflated or anything, but if anything, we learned from Dr. Fauci, and it's that not to trust anybody blindly. Because Dr. Fauci also historically praised China for their COVID-19 mandates. Um, and he's also, so far, he's refused to denounce what is happening over there. I don't know if you guys knew that too. So China erupted into protests this week over the excessive, um, well, I scrolled out of there. Hold on for me one second. I wrote all this down. So China erupted in protests this week over excessive lockdown measures enforced by the CCP. Jack Posebeck, I think that's how you say his name on Twitter, gives the best breakdown. I followed this guy for a long time. He had all the videos of China. He had, he had all of the footage. And so I grabbed a couple other accounts, too, of people that are supposedly in China and are recording what's going on. Um, but he was the one that I could find that had the most footage uh, that you've been seeing that's been going around on social media. And give me one second. I'm going to put this up and I'm going to let him kind of explain uh, what's going on in China, because honestly, I think he did it better than anybody else. OK, we're going to hold an emergency update to explain what's going on here in China and all across China. Apologies for not being in studio. Today is Sunday. It is November 27th. Advent has begun. And what can I say? I'm still at my parents' house visiting no studio, but the news doesn't stop and we take no days off around here. So what we're seeing going on across China are mass protests in almost every major city across the country, from east to west to north to south. What kicked this off? Well, you had two situations. First, massive zero COVID lockdowns for the past three months across China. Remember, China had been open from the end of 2020 all the way up until the National People's Congress earlier this year, which took place in October, about a month ago. That was the coronation of Xi Jinping as the new preeminent chairman for life of the CCP. His COVID zero strategy is what created the new lockdowns and people across China, if you go back and listen to our podcast, we detailed this, that municipalities, neighborhoods, local leaders 
were cracking down more and more and more, and they were competing to see who could show more fealty to Xi Jinping by cracking down the most and enforcing the strictest lockdown. It became a sort of challenge and a test of fealty of the local CCP commissars to see who could get away with the most stringent lockdown. People in some cases were locked up for three months. Well, all of this came to a head in the city of Oromchi, or in Mandarin, Wulumuchi, which is the capital city of Xinjiang province. Yes, that Xinjiang province. What's going on over there? There was a fire on Thursday. An apartment building where the people had been locked up for three months caught fire. Emergency crews couldn't get in, people couldn't get out, and we're hearing that as many as a dozen people burned alive. They were locked in by the CCP and they were burned alive. This movement, that was the spark that set off this movement across an entire country of anger over the past three months of protests and lockdowns. Now they're rising up. Shanghai, where I used to live, Wuhan, of course, where it all started. They're smashing down the barricades, chanting, it started in Wuhan, it ends in Wuhan. Even in Beijing, at Tsinghua University, one of the most prestigious universities in all of China, the students are rising up there. You're now seeing this in Nanjing, you're seeing it all across the entire country, university students, regular people, people that use the internet. They're all over the place demanding an end to these lockdowns and in some cases even calling to take down the CCP. They're actually saying the words take down the CCP in Mandarin. Take down the CCP.大家请看这是三单元的now it's also important to note that if you felt so inclined to place a Ukrainian flag in your bio for the Ukrainian people fighting for their freedom. I fully anticipate you replacing it with the Chinese communist flag to do your part in supporting those people as well. It is a sad deal what is going on over in China. They literally are locking their people in their homes like you saw towards the end of that video. They're using wire. They're using force. Um, and what had started, it was one of the apartment buildings that people were locked in from the outside in had started on fire and those people had burned to death. And that's what started the uprising. Um, our president, our, our administration hasn't said much about it. The, the prime minister out of Canada did, though he stands with the Chinese people. Trudeau does. Good for him. Uh, even though, you know what, like six months to a year prior, he basically told his protesters if they didn't go home, they were breaking the law. But he stands with the Chinese people and their right to protest. So go Trudeau. Way to flip-flop, you piece of shit. Is, do you watch Monkey Works? He does military spec ops and talks about all the air traffics coming and going. He's a good video about China. I do not, but I can go and check that out. I've heard of Monkey Works. I thought I used to be in his Telegram group. Um, I will go check it out for sure. 
but it's sad what is happening in China. Um, the virtue signaling between Ukraine and China is, is astounding when it comes to your normal everyday people. I understand that there's political stuff in there kind of, uh, but to see nobody putting Chinese flags and, and standing with China, um, these are their people too. These are just their citizens. It's like their government is terrible, but their citizens are in trouble in more trouble than I think I ever saw from the Ukrainian people. But Hey, to each their own, I guess, why is it important that we go on and we know what's going on in China? This is a question that I gotten on TikTok. Is it sad that I don't care what's going on in China? No. I mean, I get it. I try to, to stay in that kind of mindset as well, just because I don't, I don't live there. It doesn't affect me. Um, and if you don't kind of stay in that mindset, you can get really lost in your mental health. If you can't separate that out and, and remove it from your brain when you need to, and talk about it when you need to. So I kind of get it. Uh, but on the same side, it is important to understand what's going on in China. And the reason for that is because Klaus Schwab, let me pull this up right here. Look at that guy. Look how great he looks. It's important to keep eyes on China because our leader's puppet master, Klaus Schwab, stated last week, the same week that all of this happened, that communist China is a role model for the world in an interview that he did with a Chinese media outlet run by the Chinese Communist Party. Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, declared communist China to be a role model for the world tomorrow. He went so far as to suggest that some countries should embrace China's total, 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 totalitarian, totalitarian, totalitarian. Yep, that's right. Communism. Schwab said he respects China's achievements, referring to them as tremendous. I think China is a role model for many countries, and the WEF founder continued. He conceded, however, it should be up to each individual country to adapt their own economic system. We should be very careful in imposing systems, he concluded, but the Chinese model is very certainly attractive model for quite a number of countries. And I kind of went on to think that no, burning people alive has never in the history of ever been an attractive model for any country ever. We used to do it when people would heal themselves with plants Okay, then they were witches and we burned. That never worked for anybody. Okay, we probably should not adapt to that. It's important to watch what's happening in China. It's important to listen what this clown shoes has to say because the majority of our leaders work for him. And so it's important to just understand that because once you understand that, you understand what's happening. To keep your head on a swivel, could it happen here? No, because we have the Second Amendment. And that's one of the reasons we have the second amendment is to stand up against our, our government in terms of tyranny. Okay. With Canada, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you gave up your guns. Um, you, you, you did great with the Chucker convoy, but I, I didn't see it change a whole lot. So I, I don't know, but it's important to keep eyes on it. It's a sad deal. Um, the people of China, it's not their fault either. Just like it's not the fault of the, the citizens in Ukraine or not the fault of the citizens. And why we sent another couple billion dollars to what Norway or some shit this week. Why? I don't know why Finland, it was Finland. We sent, yeah, it was Finland. Thank you, Sonia. Finland. I don't have it, but we sent a bunch of money in arms to Finland. Probably because we can't money launder out of, uh, Ukraine anymore because we got caught. Good job, Nancy. So Finland is the next Ukraine. So good luck with that. Um, the next thing that we want to cover the next thing that we're going to cover is the Elon Musk fiasco on the Twitter. Why? Because there's a couple reasons. One, uh, I'm still here on TikTok, but I am migrating everything over to Twitter. And the reason I'm migrating everything over to Twitter, and this just broke yesterday too, so I wanted to make sure that I touched on it. So Twitter had updated its terms of service to remove the stipulations for COVID-19 misinformation moderation. And so you can come out and you can voice your opinion on COVID-19 and the things that are happening around COVID-19. And you can put out different theories. Um, the doc, he's going to be bringing like those doctors back to put out different theories. And that all just broke yesterday. And so COVID-19 and, and Apple, or I'm sorry, and Twitter, Twitter is going to be kind of the place where you're going to go to get the information that you need. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to come down. But because of this, um, Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the Play Store. So Elon Musk had stated a few days ago, and then it was confirmed by Apple, this just like yesterday, 
uh, that Twitter threatened to remove Twitter from the app store. And if you guys were on Parler or Clapper, I got the clap. Clapper out. I hate Clapper. But that's fine. It happened to Clapper too. And so both Parler and Clapper were supposed to be the new free speech app. And we all migrated over from Twitter and TikTok to those two. And then what had happened was right after January 6th, um, Apple and Google both came in and they took them both off the Play Store, threatened to take them off the Play Store if they didn't implement the, 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 monetize, the moderation guidelines to which Apple and Google have, which means that you can't spread misinformation about the election. You can't spread misinformation about COVID. Um, basically, anything that went against the narrative was immediately taken down. And it worked because they removed Parler from the App Store. Parlers fought for four or six months trying to get something figured out. I think they eventually did. But by then, they were already done. I don't know what happened to Clapper. I don't care. But Elon Musk on, on Monday went on a tangent against the top Twitter advisor, Apple, after he said that the company threatened to block his social network from the app uh, without explanation and mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. The tirade underscored the immense power that Apple wields over Twitter's success and the role that it could play in serving as a check as a check against Musk's chaotic reign at the social network. If the company were to block Twitter from its app store, new users would be unable to download the Twitter app on their iPhones and iPads, and existing users would be unable to access the updates. Apple is also amongst one of the highest advertising spenders on Twitter, and Musk sought to put pressure on the company's CEO, Tim Cook, in a series of tweets for pausing that spend. Elon has already seemed to be Elon already seems to be ready for that, though, teasing that he certainly hopes it doesn't come to that, them removing them from the, pla the, the Play Store. But if he has no other choice, then he will make his own phone. That's it. He will make his own. So he's if they remove him from the Play Store, Elon Musk going to make his own phone, probably the Tesla phone. I'm not really sure, but it sounds like he had a plan. And he's again, Elon Musk, not a stupid person either. So we had to know that something like this was going to come. So I am willing to bet that he's got something in his back pocket. The fact that he is opening this up for everybody, I'm very cautious of Elon Musk because of the Neuralink stuff. But again, with the Neuralink stuff, it looks like a really good deal. But as long as you keep consent and as long as you leave, you're, you're open about everything and you leave it up to the people to decide, I don't give a shit. If you want to get a chip in your brain, bet. Like that's on, that's your business. It's not my business, but don't force people. That's my whole thing. And so far he stayed on the side of consent. That was really my only hang up with Elon Musk. Um, but he's opening up Twitter. He brought all these people back. He's, he's kind of been in these spats with people and we're going to talk about one that happened too. But Ron DeSantis then came out and he had something to say about Apple removing Twitter and the CCP. And here's that speech. There's reports that Apple is not allowing the protesters to use this airdrop function where they're trying to communicate. That obviously is providing aid and comfort to the CCP. And so you see that report and that's very concerning. And then when you also hear reports that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the app store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. So many things these experts were wrong at, and you had people on Twitter that were calling that out. And Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. And, and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula, and so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that uh, by nuking them from, from the App Store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake, and it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from, from the United States Congress. And so uh, don't be a vassal of the CCP on one hand and then use your corporate power in the United States on the other to suffocate Americans and try to suppress their right to express themselves. And so I'm glad, I'm glad things are changing at Twitter. And I know there's a lot of work to do with big tech generally, but, um, uh, but this is big progress. And we're really happy that that is now happening. Now, I do have a question about the Apple's response to Twitter. Um, I'm glad that, that, that Ron DeSantis is getting up there and saying something. He's saying a lot of the right things. I do think he's gearing up to run for president. I don't know. But 
my my question with the apple drama on twitter like i said this had happened on parlor this had happened on clapper now they're threatening it with twitter why didn't they ever remove the um truth social wasn't truth social supposed to be like the free speech app wasn't that supposed to be the place where conservatives could go and, and talk about their opinions on things without being censored and shut down why and it, you have to download it through the play stores i have not um, just because it just came available. I, I have an Android. Just came available to us, what, a couple months ago. But if it's such a threat, why didn't they take Truth Social down? In fact, why did Truth, why did they approve Truth Social to go through in the first place? Um, if Twitter is such a, th I, this, Twitter is such a threat. There is more to the Twitter shit than I think what people understand, and even I understand, there's got there's deeper stuff with this. There's some CP stuff. They were trafficking kids through Twitter that Elon has said he's going to put out all of the information that had been censored. He had wiped all but all the child porn off Twitter, all of the porn period off Twitter. It took him a week to do. How long's Twitter been up? People have been complaining about it for years. It took him a week to take all those accounts down. The Antifa accounts, uh, the trafficking accounts, they were gone within a week. There is more going on with the Twitter stuff than people believe. He tweeted out today that Twitter was the reason that election odd fray happened or something like that. I'll have to go back and look, but something to do with the election. And I've seen that before where Twitter sways elections. <laughs> I didn't realize Twitter was that big a deal. I know that TikTok, people like TikTok, like Christine, but, and here's the thing, like with the TikTok stuff, Twitter is important because you can come to Twitter. And now you can voice your opinion and say, you know, and do your tweets. TikTok is, is getting a little more lambast right now. Um, Christine Noam, and this is side note, and then we'll continue. But Christine Noam came out yesterday. She's the governor of South Dakota and she's just the latest that came out and basically told any of the state or government or federal employees that work in the state of South Dakota for the state of South Dakota uh, are not allowed to have Twitter on their, or uh, um, TikTok on their phones because of the problems with uh, your information being given to the CCP. So there's the two app. There's some, there's something, there's some more with the Twitter stuff that, that the swamp and the elite as a whole are big afraid of. And there's something with the TikTok stuff that they're not. So I don't know that that like the, the good people are, are more afraid of. So it's more stuff to keep eyes on. But the Twitter drama doesn't stop there. It just didn't. Because of course it didn't. Kanye West and this guy, they had a big spat. So Kanye West went and had dinner with Donald Trump. And he brought with him some dudes who I guess are big white supremacists and anti-Semites. I hadn't heard of these guys ever before in my life. Still don't really care who they are. Fine. And from my understanding, Trump did not know that these additional people were coming. Um, and the media just went nuts. And now they think Trump is an anti-Semite. They're done talking about Balenciaga. They're done talking about like the shootings. that They're done talking about you know, that lasted five minutes. Nope. Trump had dinner with an anti-Semite and they're big mad. But Ben Shapiro also had something to say about it. And so Kanye West came out and he tweets that Shapiro starvingly accepts $100,000 from one of my opponents and then tries to trash me. Because again, if you don't know, his opponents being people that are going to be running for president. So Kanye West has announced his run. I haven't seen any paperwork for this and maybe I just didn't find it. But he announced through like a, a video on Twitter that he's going to be running for president of the United States in 2024, Kanye West. Fine. Um, and he came out and he trashed Ben Shapiro. And then he's put out the articles that Ron DeSantis paid over 100K to Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire, basically for advertisement for the upcoming 2024 election. Um, and just any, anything that that is going to have to do with that is going to be leaning more towards uh, Ron DeSantis than it is going to be anybody else. Um, and Ben Shapiro then fired back a good way not to accidentally dine with a vile racist and anti-Semite you don't know is not to dine with an with a vile racist and anti-Semite you do know. And then Kanye West deleted his tweet and 
So Ben Shapiro followed it up with, sadly, you trashed yourself. You didn't need my help. It wasn't me. It wasn't the Jews. It was you. I don't know that they that Kanye West is actually an anti-Semite. It's my understanding that the comments that he made were taken out of context. But people are still riding that gravy train. I don't know about Kanye West running for president. I don't necessarily trust the Daily Wire either, a whole bunch. I don't watch a lot of Ben Shapiro. Um, but he seems very... He's anti-Trump right now. Everybody seems to be anti-Trump right now because of that dinner. But again, whatever. It's fine. It's it's Twitter. It's it was a dinner. It is. I, I mean, our our current administration had inappropriate showers with his daughter when she was six. But cool, have dinner with unsavory characters. Bet. The more there was more Twitter drama. So this is, and I think this is what I'm wrapping up with. It is. Yes, this was my favorite. And this was my favorite of the whole week. I hate Alyssa Milano. I never liked her as an actress. I don't like her now. But Alyssa Milano, so mad at Elon Musk over every, because he brought Trump back and he brought all the doctors back and he's bringing everybody back. And he's opening it up for everybody to give their opinions on things of, of things they find are important. She's so mad that she gave back her Tesla she bought a Volkswagen and she loves it. She goes on to tweet that I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter, publicly traded companies, products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy. It doesn't seem to be a winning business model. She stuck it to Elon who owns Tesla by buying a Volkswagen, the Volkswagen, which was driven by the Nazis, created by the Nazis, driven by Hitler, whose whole like thing was hate and and anti-semi and and white supremacy. Just and I'm I'm the whole thing was just nuts. Does do people not read her tweets before she social medias them out? Did not somebody come to her and say, hey, listen, you're gonna sound like a fucking moron, okay, if you say that. And then she just tweets it anyway. They went back and forth. Everybody found it 20. Hodge twins found it funny. Elon Musk found it 20. I found it funny. So the 5,000 people that liked it on Instagram found it funny. Give me one second, Mamas Robbins. I'm on a roll. Everybody found it funny, but a Melissa Milano. Alyssa Milano. Because then she went on to tweet a whole bunch of other crap. And, and then she went to color in her color book. I, I can't. I can't with the tone deaf shit from Hollywood. I can't with this. Um, off topic. So Mama's Robbins says off topic. Sorry, but do you think that the comment Perez Hilton made about Balenciaga is to get attention and to be relevant? Uh, wrong, no matter what, but curious thoughts about it. So I could touch on this really quick. So Perez, so conservative and on this more Twitter drama, conservative and on Twitter posted Perez's Hilton's comments and Perez's Hilton's comments talked about how they were talking about Balencia and somebody was like, well, would you do that to your kids? And he's like, if they paid me a million dollars, I would hell yeah. Or something, something like that. And people went nuts. <clears throat> I get it, but he did it. And I commented on the tweet thread. Well, apparently Perez Hilton saw it and then responded tagging myself, conservative aunt, somebody else. Um, and a, it, he took it off. Twitter and, and tagged us in a link that took into his YouTube shorts and made us a video on YouTube shorts and was like screaming about, well, you know what? You want me to find it? I can find it real quick. We're screaming about, we need to cancel Perez Hilton and Perez Hilton YouTube. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Give me one second. Is it still there? Well, maybe it's not there anymore. Where's the shorts at? There, yeah, here it is. Okay, hold on. We're going to remove this. Stop screen. Present. It is this one. Oh, can we hear it? I can't hear it. Why can't I hear it? Is the sound off? Yeah, it is off. Of something I said about Balenciaga. I hate. I just saw there we on go. Twitter. Sorry. That somebody shared a Technology's screen grab of something I said about Balenciaga Gate to this political commentator, conservative. Um, somebody asked me. 
would you put your children in an ad like this? And I responded saying, depends how much they paid. For a million dollars, I definitely would. Crying, laughing emoji. And I would just like to follow this up by saying, this is outrageous. Hopefully this goes viral. Fox News needs to talk about this as well as Candace Owens and everybody needs to cancel Perez Hilton. Let's get cancel Perez Hilton trending. Outrageous. But I would for a million dollars. How about you? I just saw on Twitter. Um, that some- so let me cancel that. That's the video. He, so and he responded. He tagged me in that video and put the link to that video, which made no sense. I just responded to it. I, I think it was, yes, I think he's trying to drive traffic to his socials. He's being polarizing on purpose to drive traffic to his socials, specifically his YouTube reels, which get him paid. Um, does he really feel that way? I don't know. To, um, I responded to his tweet. And then I never heard anything again. I know that a bunch of people tagged me on him on, on TikTok too, but I'm not going to get back into TikTok pissing matches with people. Um, let me see if I can find his, my response. Maybe not. No, I, maybe I can't. Yeah, I can. So I responded to his tweet and I wasn't a douche about it necessarily. Um, because I do think he was joking and I do think he was being polarizing on purpose. And so I just responded by saying, look, I get the comments that you made on the video were hopefully satire or meant to be satire, but given today's sensitive climate in regards to child trafficking and with more and more being exposed, there are some things you don't joke about. And Balenciaga gate is one of them. Uh, at best it's a tone deaf response to get a rise for attention. At worst, it's an admission of how you really feel concealed in satire. I don't want you canceled. I want you to do better. Um, he is, but he does lean in. He still loves attention. He does, but he's fallen off the map too. Like he's becoming irrelevant as far as what he used to do. And I think he knows it. So I think this was really just an attention grab. I don't agree with it. I, I've, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I haven't used hooks and things to try and drive people to YouTube. Obviously I did it for today's life, uh, but I would never use something like that. Not when it comes to kids and trafficking. Um, I'd rather make fun of the government. So I, I, there are just some things that I don't touch and there's some things that I don't joke about in any aspect. And that's stuff like what was going on with Balenciaga. Um, the Balenciaga rabbit hole is very, very deep. And somebody had put up that Balenciaga in Hebrew is like hail. What is it? Hail Baga or B-A-G-A or something like that. And then that's the God of child sacrifice. Get the fuck out of here with that. Balenciaga, that whole thing. And it's just falling apart. Like they'll never, I don't think Balenciaga will ever be able to come back from this ever, ever, ever. And I hope they don't. I hope they stay gone. I hope that I hope it stops. I don't know. I, I don't talk about that side of things much other than reporting on the very high level basics of what happened just because that's a touchy subject. I'm very aware of it. I watch it. Um, I share it into telegram but I don't get too deep into it because it is, it's a, it's a hard subject to touch on. Um, conservatives can still be douche, but yes, B A A L that's what it is. So the God of B God of ball is the God of child sacrifice or something. And it's been going on and people dug up posts from Balenciaga that are old as fuck. So it's been going on as long as the Wayfair shit. I know Sonia just telling me a story about the Wayfair, the shoes. She saw it on TikTok. So the shoes have people names, much like the fairways. Are they uh Wayfair? Thank you. Wayfair. <laughs> that the Wayfair stuff did. So they have people names and the shoes are used and then they resell them. And she the video went on to talk about how they were used by the people that were trafficked, and that's how they got the it's very Wayfair. It's just, and there's more and more of it coming out again. Hopefully this is this, this, the beginning of the end of Hollywood and, and like that kind of an industry. And we start seeing, um, something new take its place, whether that's influencers or podcasting or hoping that's what we're hoping. But with that, you guys, that's all I have for today. I feel like I've talked a ton. (laughs) That's all I have for today. 
Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I love your faces. We did launch a new winter merch line too. If you guys want to check that out, we did the corporate media is a disease sticker. It's got a cat. It's pretty fantastic. You can find all that stuff in our link tree, which is listed in the description below. If you like what you saw, please consider a subscribe. We do love your faces and thank you for being here. Um, Sonia, I don't think I have anything else. Tonight's live. No, that's it. We have a live tonight. So we got an interview live tonight. So make sure you guys are here for that. That's going to be at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I hope you're able to come back. With that, you guys, I love your faces. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi. And watch out for deer. Bye, guys. Back off. I'll take you on. Headstrong. You take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong. Your head's wrong.